Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Arunab Dastadar. And he is the technical co-founder of RealSage. He's on a mission to revolutionize the way real estate decisions are made using state-of-the-art technology. He has a diverse background in product development, asset management, and international consulting. He's doing some pretty cool stuff with AI within his own business and helping other people in real estate as well. So it'll be a really interesting conversation today. So Arunab, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Eileen, for having me. So can you please share a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate? That's great. Uh, always an amazing question. I'll keep a brief version of it. Otherwise, we'll sit the whole evening about it. But my it goes back in my early teens when I started coding. And by the time I reached my engineering, I thought I know a lot about computers. So ended up doing civil engineering with a minor in computer science. So that was my first introduction to the built world. So... I was involved in some of the largest projects the world has ever seen in public-private partnerships with real estate as well as infrastructure projects. And then early on, I sold my first company when I was 25 in real estate and construction technology and then traveled around a bit and then again wore my hats on investment side of things, did my MBA and handled over a billion dollars of real estate assets with real estate private equity companies in North America. And that's just the beginning of the problem, which we are then realized like one evening, I was taking a call on a $130 million deal and my Excel sheets were crashing. And that's how basically now what we are doing and what how we are changing real estate comes about. So talk to us a little bit more about that and what your focus is on today. Yeah, so we are focused, as you mentioned, focused to revolutionize real estate decision making. And what I mean by that is there is so much data, siloed data available across different systems, which everyday investors and people who are professionals use to make their regular decisions where to buy, what to buy, where your next dollars goes into, which properties you should refinance, which properties you should sell, not worth it. So many decisions are made on for real estate people to grow their business as well as to grow their professional capability. And they're all still managed on broken chains of Excel. And that's where our technology essentially comes in. And we say, hold on, you have all these silo data sets. We can bring all that together at one place so that you can now make faster and more accurate decisions. One of the very basic use cases which our technology empowers is setting up rental prices and renewal prices predictively using data science and AI models. So we talk a lot, especially this year, I feel like there's been a really highlighted focus on AI technology and what it can do for us. There's also a lot of fear that goes into using AI technology also. Can you talk a little bit about 
the fear versus using this new technology to help us make those decisions within our own business? Yeah, it's the fear which Peter Parker faced before becoming Spider-Man. I think that's the best analogy on this sector. What we think that AI is not replacement, it's giving you superpower to do more within those same 24 hours. Because I keep hearing when I was like over in asset management, I keep hearing from my team, from my colleagues that there are not enough hours in the day till I get this all done. And what AI gives you is that superpower to basically do more and be more efficient, be more accurate with embracing those new technologies. So one of the examples you gave was of the AI technology that your company has been able to help out with was setting up the rental prices. Can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to utilize AI to get to that point where now it's usable information? Yeah, so that's a great question. What we do as a company, we bring together the existing data models and AI models, which we have built with few PhDs across some of the top universities in North America. And what we do is essentially bringing those data sets together so that you at one place can see okay, these are the areas where I should invest or we, oh, I should divest. You can see that. But then AI can predictably tell where the market trends are going, which something you and I would take a day to plot on an Excel and then understand. It can automatically go through it. It took us like two and a half years from scratch to build these use case models specific to real estate industry. And I personally sometimes get really surprised on like how good they are in terms of prediction, in terms of telling you what kind of insights and what kind of decisions you can do today to basically improve and make more money. So... When you're looking at it and trying to figure out what's the end goal, what kind of data can be utilized and what are the end users looking for? What are some of the things that you have to think about in terms of like the processes and how do you utilize all those data sets to get you what you need? Yeah, that's an excellent question. First, like, of course, we talk to the customers, what they need from the AI models, which we have is what we deploy to them. So that's basically first step. But there are two very interesting things to uncover in this question. So the first is everyone talks about we don't have enough data or it's garbage data, it's not correct and all that kind of stuff. We've spent a lot of time in building this no-code solution where whatever kind of data you actually feed in, it auto-processes a lot of that. So it reduces that groundwork and gives you a validated file back where you know how clean and which data has actually gotten in. So the cleanliness of the data is actually maintained by AI as well on our system. And then the second very important piece is implementation. Like we are one of the fastest integration the industry has ever seen at RealSage. And we make it so easy for our asset managers, ownership groups to utilize the system. And I personally come from the background. That's the story. Like we are such mission-driven company because we have been on the other side of table. We know what it takes to make the right decision. We want to make it very easy for them, right? And we bring in that data. We understand 
what data set they want. If they want result on marketing versus they want a result on acquisition, we understand given we come from the industry and then we do it make it very simple for them in terms of ingesting that data, cleaning up that data, and then like seeing the results from those AI and data models. So one of the things is when you're working with technology and what typically happens is you'll get a lot of historical data when you're saying you're putting in information in. It's analyzing the current existing data that you currently have. But what's interesting with this model is that it's also providing predictions and trends for the future as well. How do you get to that point? And then what kind of things does it need to look at in order to somewhat accurately predict what kind of trends are going to be happening in the future? Yeah, there are 3,700 plus data points, whichever machine processes, both internal and external. For use case basis, there are different sets of assumptions. There are pretty much the same data points which you would put on in your Excel sheets if you are basically drawing a performer model, but does it at a much higher scale and much better speed and accuracy. We do layer in, you might have heard about this small company called ChatGPT and OpenAI, which is pretty much everyone talking about. And those are language learning models, which basically there are now thousands of language learning models. Those do great job in human communication, but do a bad job in data analysis. We have mixed data models as well as deterministic AI model with language learning model to give you an insight, which is very easy for you to understand. So it goes through a deeper layer of technical layering and given the advancement in technologies to get to that. But the end goal of our customers care about, oh, I can do this particular change in my business and make $5,000 more in my top line. Why don't I give it a shot? And that's where the end goal for us also lies in giving actionable insights. So is this model housed on like a platform? Yes. So it's a web application where you can bring all different data sets from multiple different functions, both internal and external data, and do on-demand analysis, visualization, and let the AI give you predictions and suggestions going forward, which can empower your team to do better. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. I see. So then... It's not just pulling existing data within the platform itself, but you can also load your own data into there Uh, for the tool to analyze as well. Yes, yes. So it's all, we call it BYOD, it's bring your own data. So (laughs) it's essentially you can bring all of your own data and like play around with it without having the need of having a data scientist or a data engineer, which can give you a competitive edge over these some of the biggest players who have those teams and take much better decisions. 
Is there a risk of being too reliant on AI technology? Currently, you cannot be too reliant on AI technology. So we are getting there, the age of AGI, but currently it's more supportive than basically replacing because still it needs good amount of human understanding what kind of suggestions and things are going on. And then once it is perfected, I don't think there is a risk to be reliant because it does a better job. <laughs> like in 80s, I tell the story in 80s, when ATM machines came out, there was a whole strike of tellers saying, we will be out of job. But now if you look at this 40-year time cycle, there are more tellers today than in 80s or like almost equal number. So it just doesn't replace it. It just makes them more efficient. So I feel like that fear is not warranted at this point. And based off of your experience and what you're using AI technology for, is there a right way or a wrong way to use AI technology? And are there certain pitfalls that as you're using the information to help you run your business, make it more efficient that we can utilize? Yeah, that's actually a great question. There is a lot of noise around AI right now. And it's very, very important for you to really understand what's the offering and what's the mission behind the company and what they are trying to get to. There are, of course, great chatbots, great language models, which you can implement to have better association. But you need to know what's your end goal looks like instead of getting through the noise. So I would recommend really that understand where you want to build your efficiencies how you want to build your efficiencies and always select company or a system that meets those two needs the most. The pitfall from my end is that, that I have the people come to me that, oh, now on an hourly basis, I'm being asked how I'm implementing AI in my portfolio. I have no clue. Help me in there. So, and I go and then say, okay, do you really need it? Okay, you have these many portfolio, how your efficiencies look like. If you don't need it, I would be the first person saying, you don't need it, you're good. You need this, this, and this for improving your efficiencies versus you definitely need it. This is how you should actually progress because I was in your shoes. My co-founders were in your shoes and we can do a better job to like improve that. How would you know when people come to you and ask you that? How would you know whether or not a business would need the AI technology versus if they didn't and then what are some of the other things that they would need instead or supplement? Amazing question. Again, one is, of course, your size. So we generally deal with multifamily property ownership groups over 300 doors in general. That's the minimum size. So, of course, if you have like decent size where you have an operation where your efficiencies are getting tight or your efficiencies are getting depleted because of the volume. That's where AI can come in and supplement without like going ahead, hiring and going through a lot of uh, tone requirements. So it can give you the boost to the team. So one is, of course, like your size. The second is you also want to know how many decisions you're making. Maybe the size of volume is less, but you're an asset manager or a private equity investor. You're making a lot more decisions than handling the day-to-day -day volume. So if you're making a lot more decisions, how to improve those decisions and make them more accurate and more faster, like it's definitely another use case you should have AI for. So 
you should know your size and the number of decisions you're making. If there are like less than two deals a month you're working on, then you're good. You probably need some other systems which can actually help you with the deal flow or would help like having a CRM might help you if you are looking at like sourcing more things or partnering with a listing site or a data provider can help you. So that's how you would discern. Once you have an operations over like our ideal customers are 6,000 plus units. Once you have a volume where you're constantly doing a lot of decisions, both on asset management, where to invest your next dollars, where to basically build stuff and in property management that how my leasing works, how my marketing works and things like that. That's where your AI can like just give you immense competitive advantage. Is there anything else that people don't typically think about in terms of using AI technology as well when wanting to incorporate it into their business? Yeah, I think one of the very basic thing is being open to it. I have seen because real estate in general is slow to adapt. I feel that AI can be game changing at this point, given the level of maturity it has come to for a lot of people, even for their smaller portfolios, even for their smaller size of deal assessments and things like that. So they don't think about using it that often in like their regular day-to-day work. But I personally recommend people to like be open to it. You know, go, if you're drafting that next email, try it out with the, some of the language learning models which are out there and be open to it. And that's all about it. You don't necessarily need to use it extensively and have a product, have everything aligned to it. But being open could be a very big step. And the use cases will come to you. Like when you're in there and you're open to it, like the use cases will generally come to you. So Arunab, what's the next thing that you're focusing on? There's just one thing is uh, we are basically on a mission to change how real estate makes decisions. And that's what we our like focus goes on helping out every individual, be it a professional or a private equity real estate firm to make better, more accurate decision is our focus. And I'll continue doing that journey till the time we achieve the right amount of success and be able to say that, yes, now we have made a significant change in the industry. So how has real estate investing impacted your life? It's always have been my bread and butter, like real estate investment investing is what I did for a living for like more than a decade with different parts of it, like not only investing, but also like the build and the flip and fit out. I have actually seen entire life cycles of asset. So pretty much it is the story which has built me. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? That's a great question. I think which I know now about real estate is basically why it is slow. Like I always knew that, okay, real estate moves slow. It's like this because it's built world and things like that. But I now think I know that, yes, it is slow because there is a lot more relationships involved. It is slow because there is a lot more like actual data and things involved and things like that. And that also is very enlightening because now when you start making your decisions based on the right relationships and the right data sets, it is kind of the silver bullet for you to like excel in your career as well as in your real estate business.
And what is the one thing that sets successful people apart in real estate investing? Go in for a long run. Like I think that's the big thing. Real estate is a long-term investment business. You should go in with the right perspective in the investment. And then the most successful people I know in real estate are very, very, very data-driven. Like, of course, there is relationships, there is like the whole pool, but they're extremely data-driven in all the decisions they are making. And the second is they always trust but verify because that's a very key thing because you should trust everyone, but always verify before you invest or actually be a partner with anyone. So I think these two factors being extremely data-driven and trust but verify are like two top things from my end. Sarunab, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, you can go to realsage.com. It is R-E-A-L-S-A-G-E.com. And there is a big yellow button for requesting a demo. Our team would be happy to talk to you, understand your problem and help you out. You can check us out on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter, any social media which you use. And you can reach us out as at info at realsage.com as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of your time, Arunab. Thanks a lot, Aline. Great conversation. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.